to be free I wish I could break all the chains holding me I wish I could say all the things that I should say say I'm loud say I'm clear for the whole round world here I wish I could share all the love that's in my heart remove all the bars that keep us apart I wish you could know what it means to be me then you'd see and agree that every man should be free Everybody. Good morning, Nina Simone. Thank you as always. This is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Frontlines, your national movement building show. Wake up and smell the revolution. Today's show, I mean, everything always has to be about Palestine. We're going to start with Amy Goodman's headlines. I'm on with my partner, uh, co host, co producer, Channing Martinez. Good morning, Channing. Good morning. Uh, after that, I'm going to do commentary on Amy Goodman's headlines. After that, I'm going to sing a song by the Five Satins, uh, I'll Be Seeing You in All Those Old Familiar Places, sing along with the Five Satins. Uh, after that, I'm going to do a commentary about Run Bobby Run, Run Cornell Run, Run Anybody Run, Free Free Palestine, why it's important for Bobby Kennedy Jr. and Cornel West to run in this election. And folks, let me break it to you. Joe Biden's going to lose, so we got to get ready for a Trump presidency. But we'll talk about that. Then the second half of the show, Channing and I are going to talk about the Strategy and Soul bookstore. Uh, we're very excited. I have a whole list of our books here. We're going to be at the Lamert Park Book Fair this Saturday from 10 to 6 at the... Uh, uh, Crenshaw Mall, and Channing will tell you exactly where to find it if he can. And so we're gonna, Channing and I are talking about books and bookstores. And then somewhere in there, we're going to play Smile by Nat King Cole. I just want to do people with the greatest voices in the history of the world, and I think he's number one. So it's a long show. We're here with Gary Baca on the controls, and he does his own show. Uh, we're going to figure it out as we go along. So good morning, everybody. Happy to hear from you. Eric Mann, you're on KPFK, uh, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, streaming live on the web at 98.7. I'm sorry, www.thestrategycenter. Well, let me slow down. www.kpfk.org. I got to wake up and smell the coffee. 
And also check us out on VoicesFromTheFrontlines.com. You've been registering on that site. You're going to get most of the time a weekly email about it. You'll also get the podcast as an email. So with that, let's hear Amy Goodman in the news. The United Nations warns a tragedy of colossal proportions is underway in the Gaza Strip one month after Israel laid siege to the Palestinian territory and began a round-the-clock bombardment. On Monday, U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres renewed his urgent call for an immediate ceasefire, citing the more than 10,000 Palestinians killed by Israel strikes. Over 4,000 of the dead are children. Gaza is becoming a graveyard for children. Hundreds of girls and boys are reportedly being killed or injured every day. Earlier today, the Israeli military ordered the immediate evacuation of Al-Rantisi Children's Hospital in Gaza City. Israel already shelled the hospital two days ago and is threatening to bomb the building. After headlines, we'll speak with the president and founder of the Palestine Children's Relief Fund, which established the Gaza Strip's only pediatric cancer center at that hospital. On Monday, Israel's military admitted it struck a convoy of ambulances outside Al-Shifa Hospital last week. Those attacks killed 15 people and wounded dozens. This is Hanid Abdelhakim Saad, a patient who narrowly survived the assault. The ambulance came to take us to Egypt for treatment. While we were on the road, they started firing at us, and the ambulance in front of us was hit. The people in front of us were martyred, and we were moved back to Al-Shifa Hospital. I lost consciousness and woke up in the hospital. They told me that I had debris in my mouth and that I had a 3% chance to make it, that my condition was very critical. I have a fracture in the head. My shoulder is dislocated. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Monday Israel will take responsibility for security in the Gaza Strip indefinitely once its military operations in the besieged Palestinian territory are complete. Netanyahu also rejected international calls for a ceasefire to allow the unfettered delivery of humanitarian aid. Well, there will be no uh, ceasefire, general ceasefire in Gaza without the release of our hostages. As far as tactical little pauses, an hour here, an hour there, we've had them before. I suppose uh, we'll check the circumstances in order to enable uh, goods, humanitarian goods to come in or our hostages, uh, individual hostages to leave. But I don't think there's going to be a general ceasefire. On Sunday, Netanyahu suspended Israel's Jerusalem Affairs and Heritage Minister, Amichai Eliyahu, after he claimed there are no non-combatants in the Gaza Strip and said that dropping a nuclear bomb on the Gaza Strip's an option. This comes just days after an Israeli lawmaker from Netanyahu's ruling Likud party took to social media to incite genocide, writing on the social media site X, formerly known as Twitter, Galit Distel Artbaryan, wrote, quote, erase Gaza from the face of the earth, let the Gazan monsters rush to the southern border and flee into Egypt or die, unquote. It's hard to speak after that, um, but I'm going to try. Um, the first thing to understand is that it's never been appropriate to call Gaza the largest open-air prison. It's always been the largest open-air concentration camp. The reason I'm saying that is it is a genocide already that preceded this specific escalation of a genocide. 
by the United Nations definitions of genocide, any government that systematically oppresses a whole people as a people, that's a genocide. So if you can't get out by air, you can't get out by land, you can't get out by sea, and you're not charged with a crime, <laughs> it's not a prison, it's a people. The reason I say that is Israel has been born of genocide. And the reason why this is important is because the Hamas strike has forced the hand of the world to deal with what's happening in Palestine. What's shocking to me, and it is shocking, is that Israel is willing to defy just about everybody in the world to say, uh, we do plan to wipe out the people of Palestine. So whoever they're getting rid of who says, bomb them all to death, that's what they're doing. Uh, whoever says, drive them into the sea and, until they're none, that's what they're doing. Whoever says, let Egypt take them, you've got to be kidding. Israel and Egypt are in an alliance against the Palestinian people, against Fatah, and Israel doesn't want Palestinians. Egypt does not want Palestinians in Egypt. So it's beyond a horrible situation. It's, it's, there are no words, but a couple of thoughts, because I always try to figure out, seriously, long-term hope, short-term hope. Uh, the first thing that uh, I read on Amy Goodman's is this has been the lar largest pro-Palestinian demonstrations in the United States ever, because the sort of steady state genocide of the blockade of the occupation uh, was limited to a certain number of people who were uh, heroic, heroic and fighting for the last, you know, since 1947. But this mass murder is in some way like the murder of George Floyd. You can't avoid it now. You've seen it with your own eyes. Uh, there's so many elements of what a successful strategy would be. The first is to defend the people who are taking a stand against Palestine. So taking a stand for Palestine, I got to be slower this morning. So like at Harvard, there are students speaking out. They've been put on a whitelist to hopefully never get hired. People are Jewish wealthy people are taking their money out of universities because they've asked the universities to repress students. The attack on Rashida Tlaib is... Uh, they're both running somebody against her, which will be interesting, uh, an Arab, of course, and uh, they're trying to censure her. She's ho holding up heroically. Uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Tortez has called it genocide. Uh, there are splits inside the U.S. The second thing I want to say again is that I do not see the Arab states as effectively launching a successful defense of the Palestinian people. It doesn't mean these are not contradictions, but almost all these states are tied to the United States. And uh, nonetheless, I want to tell you a hope. The hope for the people of Palestine is the People's Republic of China. Now, just bear with me for a minute. I have no immediate... God, solution to the horror of what's going on. I support 
all the people doing good things. I mean that. And the demonstrations do matter. But long term, the United States is in a struggle to take over the world, and it believes in a unipolar world. Imagine that Joe Biden is not even calling for a ceasefire. What's strange about a ceasefire is only one party is firing. So I don't even know what we're talking about, a ceasefire against unarmed civilians. What are the unarmed civilians going to do during the so-called ceasefire? They are not firing to start with. So even that term is, you know, it should just be called stop Israeli murders because the ceasefire implies two parties are fighting with arms. Now, the People's Republic of China has a plan not to take over the world, but to build a countervailing block to the United States. It's Belt and Road Program is a phenomenal economic program that's building markets all over the world, especially in Africa. There is an alternate to the United States. It's the People's Republic of China plus Russia plus Venezuela plus Cuba plus countries that are beginning to move away from the U.S. orbit. None of this offers immediate help to the people of Palestine, which is what the fights in the U.N. have to be. But the people of Palestine are now going into not even their 100th year because the Zionists have been sending people in (laughs) even before the Balfour Declaration. They've been a settler colonial state. I'm heartbroken. I don't want to over-strategize the situation. I'm simply trying to say, oh, yeah, I have something even more hopeful, and I mean that. So that's at the international situation. Now, let's look at the so-called domestic situation. There's a lot of people on the left, although not many, I don't think, anymore, who consistently made the case that we can't do anything to hurt Joe Biden because— we can't have Donald Trump elected. This is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Frontlines, your national movement building show. Wake up and smell the revolution. You're on KPFK 90.7 FM. So, and here's what I'm getting to. God, no, don't run Cornell West. You'll be playing into the hands of Trump. Don't run Bobby Kennedy Jr. as now an independent which means he's going to be on the ballot. Uh, he figured out, why am I running for against Biden in the stacked Democratic primary? He's now running as an independent. There's other people who are going to challenge uh, Biden in the primary. Biden cannot even support a ceasefire until the hostages are released, which means never. You know, you don't set a conditions on a peace fire when one group of people is mass murdering the other. It's it's insane. So Biden, to give him credit, as the fascist he is, is totally supporting Israel. But let me tell you something else. The president of the United States is Bibi Netanyahu. It's not Joe Biden. Netanyahu is telling Biden what to do. Anthony Blinken came in and tried to tell uh Netanyahu, listen, it's really important to have a ceasefire. Netanyahu does that. Look, I got all your weapons. I got all your money. I control the Jewish vote. I control the Republican vote, and I control the Democratic vote. So you can all go to hell. I don't care who you are, and you're not going to stop giving me money because I have the uh, 
the lobbies in D.C., and I have support from Republicans. So go to hell. So you have to understand that Israel cannot be controlled by the United States, no matter what the United States says, as you'll see from Obama. So what's my point? That Joe Biden cannot and will not do anything to help the Palestinian people. In fact, he's supporting a genocide. Once someone supports a genocide, please don't tell us about lesser of two evils. Now, the positive is this. I saw one poll that says Bobby Kennedy has more than 25% of the vote if there was an election today. That means there's another poll, which I know you're aware of, that the Democrats are terrified that Biden is losing handily to, to Trump in every single swing state because those small number of white people that were just uh, pissed off enough about Trump, they were not liberal. They were concerned maybe about COVID. Who knows what they were concerned about? They're a little tired of Trump. But now Trump, who would you vote for on the level of energy, Trump or Biden? Who would you vote for on the level of clarity of political purpose, Trump or Biden? Who would you vote for as a someone who's on a crusade about some idea, Trump or Biden? Biden stands for nothing, and the anti-Trump stuff is not working. Here's another fact. Whether the figures are exactly right, they're talking about a 30% black vote for Trump. I repeat, a 30% black vote for Trump. Why? Because the Democratic Party has been the enemy of black people. And they pulled it off last time. But Trump is going to say, well, how are you doing under these Democrats? Are you better off today? Are you unemployed? Are you houseless? Why are you voting for the Democrats? It's your fault. You give them your vote. 30% of black voters are considering. You know what the last election was? 6% of black voters voted for Trump. Latino, Latinx, Hispanic voters, at least 30% for Trump. Why? One, it's a conservative voting block, much of it. But secondly, again, what in the world can you say positive about Biden? So if it's time for a change, so what I'm trying to say is I have no answer except that I support the collapse of the two-party system as it's presently constructed. And if Trump comes to power, we'll build a united front against fascism. The Democrats, of course, will move to the left. Note that all the social movements that are tied to the Democrat move to the left when the Republicans in party, move to the right when the Democrats are in party. They're loud when, the, when Trump is there, Trump, Trump, Trump. They're quiet as hell with Biden. So there will be resistance to Trump. But that's not the main point. The main point is people have to vote their conscience. So if Cornell West, who is the most strong on Palestine, gets five, six, seven percent of the vote, not just as black candidate, but as a black progressive, revolutionary, visionary candidate, Yes, that will take votes away from the Democrats and tell the Democrats that you are always going to have somebody run against you as long as you carry out genocide in Palestine. Secondly, I don't know what Bobby Kennedy's going to do. If he was smart, he would say, since he th says he's running as an anti-imperialist, and I should check, I did not have time to check his own statements, 
But I hope Bobby Kennedy can be pushed to take a strong stand. Then you're going to have two candidates supporting the right of self-determination of the Palestinian people. Joe Biden doing nothing for black people except putting them in jail, doing nothing for Latinos and immigrants except keeping his own version of the wall. Obama is starting to sound like Jimmy Carter. The out of power, now he's speaking in the most philosophical very advanced terms. He is trying to make the harshest criticism of Israel we've ever heard from a U.S. quote ex-president, except Jimmy Carter, and they'll probably marginalize Obama as well. What what am I getting to? It is in our interest to disrupt the status quo. Let the billiard boards, billiard balls, start playing bang after each other, creating chaos, creating new openings. Who knows what's going to happen? We know that a Biden-Trump election is not in our interest. It must be a Biden-Trump, Bobby Kennedy, and Cornell West. And for those ridiculous, ridiculous, either socialists or progressive Democrats who are saying, don't run, Cornell, please don't run. He's running, folks, he's running. And if you want to go down in history Supporting a war criminal like Joe Biden, don't call it socialism. Don't call it United Front Against Fascism. Just call it your own delusions. This is Eric Mann. Run, Bobby, run. Run, Cornell, run. Free, free Palestine. Why don't we take a break, Gary, a little early, and then I'm going to, I think I'm going to talk to Channing about the bookstore, and then I'll sing. Don't feel like singing right after Palestine. Um. Okay, I think Gary has taken a break because he's this morning, he's doing everything. He runs three more shows. So I'm going to keep going. It's all right, Gary. Everything's cool. There's a real radio station, folks. There's a real guy named Gary Baca who must get here at 6. He does Margaret Prescott's show. He does our show. Oh, I have an interesting announcement to tell you about. Hey, Gary, I didn't mean to mess you up. You good? So let's take a break, put on some good music, and then we'll come back. with Channing, and then I'm going to sing in the middle of the bookstore, okay? So I'm not singing at 8.30. Support comes from UCLA's Center for the Art of Performance, presenting Bela Fleck, Zakir Hussein, Edgar Meyer, and Rakesh Shuratia on Saturday, November 18th at Royce Hall. The virtual show musicians collaborate to present As We Speak, a showcase of the group's versatility as instrumentalists. For more information and tickets, visit kpfk.org and cap.ucla.edu. This is Augusta Johnson. And this is Keith Johnson. Join us on The Constituency this Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. This week we'll talk with Nathan Sheets, Executive Director of the Center in Hollywood, a nonprofit working to end isolation and break the cycle of homelessness throughout L.A. County. That's The Constituency this Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. right here on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles and online at kpfk.org. So you're back on KPFK 90.7. This is Voices 
from the front lines, your national movement building show, and it is a national movement building show. Um, uh, well, see, um, Channing Martinez, who operates beyond many different ways, just texted me, Cornell West RFK's different message, very different message on the Israel attacks. Uh, good morning, Channing. Good morning. So thank you. Do you have in front of you, why don't you just read it a little bit? Oh, I, I'm trying to find a good spot. I don't think I'm ready for radio. Yet. All right, well, let me start. You wait. I'll, I'll read since you sent it to me. Uh, presidential candidates Cornell West. Uh, shoot. It, it, uh, okay. I do have two different tweets from each candidate, though, that I can read. Thank you. Thank you. This is Channing Martinez, the co-director uh, of the Labor Community Strategy Center, uh, co-director of everything, the voices. We do everything together. We are working on the Strategy and Soul bookstore along with Monolade Walker. Good morning, Channing. Tell me the tweets. Sure. So the first one is from Cornell West, and it says, the escalation of the barbaric violence in the Middle East must stop. The vicious Israeli occupation and the ugly Palestinian retaliation results in the killing of precious innocent people on both sides. We must have a lasting peace based on justice. Now, the second text, I'm sorry, not me. Um, the second tweet is from Robert Kennedy Jr., um, and that one says, Sorry, there's a lot of things loading on this website. Um, Take your time. This igni ignomious, I don't know how to pronounce that, sorry. No, don't worry, keep going. Barbaric attack on Israel must be met with world condemnation and unequivocal support for the Jewish state's right to self-defense. We must provide Israel with whatever it needs to defend itself now. As president, I will make sure that our policy is unambiguous so that the enemies of Israel will think long and hard before attempting aggression of any kind. I applaud the strong statements of support from the Biden White House for Israel in her hour of need. However, the scale of these attacks means it is likely that Israel will need to wage a sustained military campaign to protect its citizens. Statements of support are fine, but we must follow through with unwavering, resolute, and practical action. America must stand by our allies through this operation and beyond it as it exercises its sovereign right to self-defense. Geez, he sounds to the right of Biden. I'm very sorry to listeners that I didn't uh, didn't research that this morning or well, before. So that ends that. It's just Ron Cornell run and Bobby go to hell. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's just unbelievable. Or So, again, seriously, uh, the fact it is still true that he's going to run anyway and there's going to be chaos, but it certainly means that we have to invest in the Corno West campaign like we never have. It perhaps is what people should do. I can't advocate. All right, we'll stay there. I'll come back with Corno West a lot more next week. Jenny, thank you for everything, and I'm 
again, uh, very self-critical that I did not simply get up this morning or a week ago and check out Bobby Kennedy's statements. Um, okay, we're going to make a segue into books because it's relevant to, uh, first of all, it's relevant to what we're doing. So, Channing, what we here's our punchline. We'd like our listeners to join us at the Lamert Park Book Fair this Saturday. What are the hours, Channing, is it 10 to? 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Okay, tell us a little bit about the the venue, the history, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the books, and you're organizing our main booth there. We really want voices, listeners to come out. This is something to support the black community, support black books, and whatever nationality and race you are, what a cool way to come to the Strategy Center Voices from the Frontlines booth. Go ahead, Channing. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is, as we're living in really historic times, the books that Strategy and Full is carrying is even more important because it talks about similar times like apartheid. Um, it talks about, there's books that we have that are talking about World War II and World War One, And, you know, the thing is that this country and Israel is always operating from the same playbook. And while you might think that you know some of the highlights of that history, it's important to come to Strategy and Soul Bookstore to read some of the details of the lessons learned from organizers that lived during that time. And so that is our mission, um, which is trying to figure out how do we put and continue to preserve the history of the movement. And one, one of the things is showing up to different events. And so this week, we're going to be at the Crenshaw Mall, um, Baldwin Hills Crenshaw Mall at the Lamert Park Book Fair. We've participated a few times prior to COVID-19, um, and this is going to be the first time returning after we have fully figured out all of our setup and how do we show up as a bookstore with 100 books, um, 40 of which are, we're saying is you know, some of the most important books that every organizer should read in a lifetime. So we're going to have a uh, we we did great. Tell a little bit about the uh, L.A. Times Book Fair, where we finally had the breakthrough of what we're trying to do. So, listeners, ten to five this Saturday, come to the Crenshaw Mall. There'll be signs all over the place. They'll be indoors this time. You'll have no trouble finding the strategy and so booth because we'll be with those great T-shirts. Uh, your Afrocentric bookstore in South Central Los Angeles. Uh, you'll find us, we'll be all over the place. But Channing, tell us a little bit about the day. Sure. And so the, the address for the Crenshaw Baldwin Hills Mall is 3650 West Martin Luther King Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 9008. Um, we are part of one of the special booths that are going to be joining the festival. And so we'll be in the mall on the second floor, right across from Malik books and Whoa. right around where um, Macy's used to be. Um, you know, we plan to have at least 50 books there and everyone wearing t-shirts that say strategy and soul. And we'll have a day special that if you agree to put on a strategy and soul t-shirt at our booth, you can purchase it for as little as 10 to $15, which is a huge discount. Um, the other thing is that we're looking for folks to help us build the bookstore. And so 
one of the things that's coming up is that we are announcing that day holiday um, book collections, and we have about seven book collections that we'll be promoting that day, including kids' books, um, Black Revolutionary Organizing, the Eric Mann Reader, and so many more. Yeah, so let me keep going. Uh, Channing and I, and we have a new person who's our bookstore manager, Monalade Walker. Good morning, Monalade. Hope you're listening. Uh, we have a very good team. Now, the the strategy and soul bookstore is what's called a curated bookstore, which I appreciate somebody saying that. What it means is every single book, you've got to get a lot of votes to get in there because we are working on eventually the 100 most important books that any organizer will read in a lifetime. But we'll settle for 50. I probably read over 100. But I want to go through the titles now because, uh, one, if you're interested, you can go on our website, www.thestrategycenter.org, and all the books are up there now, available for purchase if you so choose. But if you come this weekend, remember the holidays are coming up, and do something, including some of the premiums from KPFK, this is a great chance to do something meaningful. So I'm going to read you a lot of cool books. First of all, these are what's called the curated collections. I went through all the different books we have and tried to put them together. Uh, and I'm, uh, So the first thing is the Eric Mann Reader, just because of the top. I've written three major books, Dispatches from Durban, First-Hand Commentaries on the World Conference Against Racism, which is a... Uh, Historic event in 2001 that's still relevant today. Katrina's Legacy, uh, The Black Nation and the People of the World, Confront the U.S. Imperialist White Settler State, and its Genocide or Climate Crimes. It's a book that integrates black liberation and climate justice. Playbook for Progressives, The 16 Qualities of the Successful Organizer, which shows you how to do relevant work about what you believe in. Then I'm going to read you the children's book. We haven't yet put them together in five book packets. We'll have them ready by Saturday. Celeste Tallham Renaissance by Eleanor Tate. We Are Water Protectors by Carol Lindstrom, which is a Native American book. The Watsons Go to Birmingham, 1963 by Christopher Paul Curtis. Channing, just tell us a couple of sentences of what that book means to you. Sure. I mean, I I read it in high school and middle school. I read it twice. And what it is, is the author tells about her history of going from Chicago to Birmingham to visit family during the height of the civil rights um, era. And when she gets there, she is shocked to experience the outright racism and Jim Crow um, policies of the South. Um, and some some moments of the book, you know, her parents are really scared because, you know, she doesn't know any better and she goes to drink out of the white faucet. Hmm. Um, and, you know, they're having a heart attack because you can get lynched for that, right, right as right. an example. And so it really talks about her as a young person learning about what she thought was a country that she was born into and loved, but realizes that the country hates black people. Well, I just read by uh, Christopher Paul Curtis, a uh, beautiful uh, introduction we have it in our book on the 30th anniversary or the 50th anniversary of the book. 
and he's still alive, thank goodness, and uh, I'll tell you more about it. He was an auto worker in the Flint factories for 13 years. Then Tar Beach by Faith Ringo, which I've read. Snow Day by Ezra Jack Keats, which I've read. I have three grandchildren, five grandchildren, and but I love reading children's books to myself. Harlem Renaissance Party by Faith Ringgold. Last Stop on Market Street, I've read most of these books. Sulwe by Lapita Nyong'o. Grandpa Stops at War, a Paul Robeson story by Susan Robeson. Yes, my favorite of them all. This is a story about how during the Spanish Civil War, there were what's called the Loyalists who were duly elected and the fascists. And they were in the Civil War. Paul Robeson came to support the Loyalists, the great Paul Robeson. He started singing. It must have been up on a mountaintop. And for one day, there was a ceasefire because both sides wanted to hear his singing. So this is an amazing, beautifully illustrated book. In the Times of the Drum, Drums by Kim Siegelton and Mafado's Beautiful Daughters by John Steptoe. There's about 12 books there, and we'll put them together in any five packets that you'd like. Then there's the anti-imperialist classics. Uh, the Wretch of the Earth by Franz Fanon. Open this five-book set. Open Veins of Latin America by Eduardo Galeano. Black Jacobins by C.O.R. James about the Haitian Revolution. How Europe Underdeveloped Africa by Walter Rodney, amazing. And Imperialism, the Highest Stage of Capitalism by V.I. Lenin that creates the political frame of all these amazing uh, work. Each one, of course, like Fanon and Galliano and C.O.R. James and Walter Rodney, all take the analysis of imperialism into very specific conditions. So I think I'm going to take a break. I have more books to tell you about. But um, let's play Nat King Cole. Is that okay? Uh, Let me just tell you about this. I'm going to sing, but maybe not, because I'd rather have you hear Nat King Cole. As I listened, I listened to the uh, um, what's that station that I listened to with all the shows all the things on it um i listen to music all day and i keep thinking what are the greatest voices of all times one is karen carpenter one is whitney houston i think the greatest voice of all is nat king cole and i'm going to have you listen to his singing of the song smile Though your heart is aching Smile even though it's breaking When there are clouds in the sky You'll get by If you smile through your fear and sorrow Smile and maybe tomorrow You'll see the sun Come shining through For you Light up your face with gladness Hide every trace of sadness 
Cole died of lung cancer in his late 40s or something like that. What a terrible loss. He had the first black-run show on TV. You can imagine that. All white America with Nat King Cole. I love him, and I listen to his stuff. And he also was a great jazz pianist, which we could talk about some other time. So I get Okay, I'm, I got my singing energy up. Um, I'm going to sing. All right, I'm going to sing along with... I'll be seeing you by the five satins.
Thank you to Five Statins. One of my stations on Pandora is Five Statins Radio. Uh, you know they've sung in the Still of the Night. They also do an amazing song named Shadows. I may sing along with next time. So thanks, Nat King Cole. Thank you to Five Satins. Uh, so I'm going to keep going on some of these um, uh, curated uh, collections uh, because... It was fun, you know. I uh, we have a list of about sixty books that we have in stock at the Strategy Soul Bookstore, and this is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Front Lines, KPFK ninety point seven FM, and oh, what a! I got an announcement to tell you that on Friday, November seventeenth. I hope that's right. Uh, Voices is moving to seven a.m. From 8 a.m., there's going to be a. Oh, they're going to move Amy Goodman back to eight, and there'll be Margaret Prescott and Melina Abdullah and a group of us, and I'll be on every Friday morning at seven. So as I'll be saying, join me at Friday at seven, and then take the rest of the weekend off. But I will be here, and uh, very exciting. It's actually a great slot of voices. So if you've been kind enough to get up with me at eight in the morning. A week from Friday, join me at 7 a.m. for Voices from the Front Lines. Wake up and smell the revolution, and definitely wake up and smell the coffee, okay? So we'll be getting a lot of uh, promos. I will not be on next Tuesday because there's the fun drive for the Pacifica Radio Archives. So this is our last show, Tuesday at 8. You've all been wonderful, by the way, and I meet a lot of you. You know, sometimes Channing and I, we worry about who's listening. Well, I wish you would write more to Eric at Voices from the Frontlines and Channing at Voices from the Frontlines, and you do, because so many people, especially we work in the black community, sometimes I'll just walk up and say, hi, my name is Eric. They go, well, I heard that voice. Oh, yeah, I'm a regular listener to Voices. Oh, Channing is doing great. I heard, yeah, he's really an up-and-coming star, huh? So... We know you're out there. It means a lot. Uh, it means a lot to us to know who you are. Come to Crenshaw Mall this Saturday, uh, 10 to 5. Come by the booth. There's going to be a lot of, I'll be signing my three books, uh, great books to get. And say, I'm a voiceless listener. Come on over and say hi, okay? And for those of you who are way, way on the white west side, um, just go get a Google Maps or something, and you'll find South Central Los Angeles. It'll be a good experience for you. And for those of you on the White West Side who already know, glad to have you too. Okay, so now we're going to do 
anti-imperialist histories and movements. The first are the classics that lay out the story. So there's the Hundred War Years War on Palestine by Rashid Khalidi, which is a wonderful book that uh, my wife Leanne found. It's we're listening it on uh, Audible, and we have it there for you. It's a, it's a it shows that the history of the Zionist effort to take Palestine uh, began <laughs> and not because of the Nazis. It just became the Jewish a certain small group of people who didn't want socialism, who didn't want communism. They wanted to create a Jewish state that they knew would drive out the Palestinians. That was always the intention. But how do you develop a Jewish state when Palestine was taken? You go to some imperialist power that has control over it, in this case the British, starting with the 1914 Balfour Declaration. And the British and the Zionists have worked to drive out the Palestinians and create, in the middle of their country, a Jewish national state, which by its very nature is genocidal. Then Katrina's Legacy, The Black Nation, The Third World. Uh, this is the book that's all about organizing. All my books are about strategy and organizing. It's in the five-pack. It takes you to the 2015 United Nations Framework Climate on conference on climate change, and it deals with genocidal climate crimes. A lot of people are talking about climate, 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 uh, uh, global warming, well, climate change, and as uh, uh, Kirk Patrick Sale says, it's climate burning, and it's a product of U.S. and European imperialism. Then there's uh, a dying colonialism by Ame uh, Cesar, which is an indictment. It says its punchline is Europe is indefensible. Black against empire, uh, which is a story of the Black Panther Party and their anti-imperialist politics. And um, Red Star Over China by Edgar Snow, which is where he's a, a journalist who goes with Mao Zedong in the 30s, when people think, oh, yeah, whatever, these communists are never going to take power. His book says they sure as hell are. So it's a book about organizing. Uh, then I'm going to talk about the black communist tradition. Channing can come in on any time after I mention him. So we got five books there. Black Bolshevik by Harry Haywood. Amazing book about his transition from Garveyism to communism. Left of Karl Marx, The Political Life of the Black Communist Claudia Jones by Carol Boyce Davies. The Man Who Cried Genocide, The Autobiography of William Patterson, William L. Patterson. Louise Patterson, his uh, wife, but who was a major, major, major figure, or he was her husband, long before she was Louise Thompson, A Life Struggle for Justice by Keith Gilliard. Here I Stand by Paul Robeson. Um, I'm going to read one more, Channing, because we're running out of time, okay. and then you jump in. Uh, Black and Revolutionary Feminism, Black Internationalist Feminism by our good friend and comrade Cheryl Higashida, a great book, Patriarch and Accumulation on a World Scale by Maria Mies that goes into what she thinks is the fundamental capitalist accumulation of colonialism and the oppression and super-exploitation of women. Race Woman, The Lives of, Sh Lives of Shirley Graham Du Bois by Joe Horn, 
Warrior Poet, the Biography of Audre Lorde by Alexis DeVoe, and Beyond Containment by Claudia Jones. There's more. We'll tell you more about it. Uh, you can go on our website, uh, www.thestrategycenter.org. You'll see all the books. And come see us this Saturday at Crenshaw Mall. Channing, you, uh, Gary, how many words, times, hours do I have? How many minutes? <laughs> Two, three, four. Okay. Channing, you get the the next three. Sure. And I'll get the I, last one. Oh, all right. All right. I get three words. Um, three minutes. I mean, I, I, I think that the list is really great. Um, and one thing that we are seeing as a bookstore and as someone that's trying to hold this knowledge is that it's really fragile. I mean, there's some books that you listed that go in and out of publication. Right. As an example, when we were just last year, we bought really great copies of Black Bolshevik for $20. This year, it's already out of print, as an example, right? Um, and those those things are very purposeful because... There, many of these books are being published by small publishers who want to do a really great thing and keep the history alive. Um, but, you know, here you are, you have hundreds of books being published every year. Many of them are about, you know, nothing, to be quite honest, right? And so that, that is the other front that we're dealing with. And it's so much, you know, makes it even much more important why folks should come out to support Strategy and Soul Bookstore, because we are trying to hold this history that needs to be continued to be read um, by every generation, right? Um, the last thing I'll say is, you know, this weekend I was at a protest and someone came up to me who came to our bookstore and they bought Maroon the Implacable and they were telling me, I got to come get another copy of Maroon the Implacable because I had to give my copy away. Um, and that is a very real thing for anyone who loves to read that you See your friends and your family, and you know what kind of concepts that they are missing in their head. And sometimes it's easier to say, "Here, read this book," which is so much. I mean, it makes it even more important why you need to come to Strategy and Soul Bookstore to get these books and give them to people. Well, in a story, I'll tell you very briefly, and then I'll um, tell you again in detail at seven a.m. on the seventeenth. I got a call. <laughs> 60 years later from a young black man who's now my age. His name was Len Tomlinson. I was working in the projects in the South Bronx as a recreation worker. I was 20. He was 9. He was very gifted. And he came to me and said, I'm in a gifted program. What do I do? And I asked his mom permission, and I took him to Har uh, to uh Barnes & Nobles in downtown New York. He said, I bought him a big, big book based on all kinds of stories. He read each story. It took him all over the world. He's now Reverend Pastor Len Thomas, and he's working at Attica. He called me and said, do you remember me? I said, I really don't. He said, I remember you. You believed in me, and you got me books. So get these children's books. Come out and meet us. Get books for the holidays. Get KPFK premiums for the holidays. Don't buy a shirt. Don't buy pants. Don't buy jewelry. Buy some books. Come to Strategy and Soul this weekend. And not just us. Check out Eric LaSalle is going to be there. 
Omar Epps is going to be there. Gary Phelps is going to be there. Channing Martinez is going to be there. Eric Mann is going to be there. Mona Lottie Walker. Walk around and buy a lot of books and support not just Strategy and Soul Bookstore, but the Lamarck Park Wonderful Book Fair. And last thing, the amazing Essawan Bookstore after about, I don't know, 50 years has finally gone out of business. We are not their own legacy, but we're part of their legacy that we're carrying out. There's also Malik Books, which is great that they're going to be there. So everybody check it out. This is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Frontlines. You'll still have Nina Simone. You'll still have me and Channing. But it'll be 7 a.m. on a Friday, November 17th. Thank you, Gary Baca. Thank you, Nina Simone. Thank you, Channing Martinez, as always. Thank you, Lamert Park Book Fair. I hope to see everybody Saturday morning from 10 to 5. Take good care of yourselves. All power to the people, your voices from the front lines. Go, Nina. Yeah.